0: keep your cards close to your chest. Don't tell the agent anything. You've no doubt heard this a lot, but is it really good advice? Welcome to Your First Home Buyer Guide, the podcast
1: for first home buyers who want to move it along and become homeowners. But most
0: importantly, it is for home buyers who want to get it right. I'm Megan and that was Veronica. We're both buyer's agents and probably old enough to be your mum. And that's a good thing because between us, we've got over 45 years experience to share with you and bucket loads of stories and avoidable mistakes. Together, we're going to make sure you get unbiased and real information you can rely on. We've got loads of free tips for you in this episode. And if you'd like more useful tools, head over to the
1: website, homebuyeracademy.com.au. There you'll get access to our free webinar how to buy your first home with the right amount of debt you'll also find the holy grail of home buying education your first home buyer guide the online course of people who want to be educated home buyers we have created this for you
0: to help you get on the right path to home ownership for your first home and beyond but before we get into the interesting stuff in this week's episode here's the boring bit the disclaimer you, of course, know that nothing in this podcast is to be taken as personal advice. We always recommend getting the advice of an expert in their field who takes the time to understand your personal situation. We've done our very best to ensure that the content is correct at the time of recording. Things change rapidly, so always check with the relevant government authority or your trusted advisors to get the most up-to-date information.
1: Today, we're talking about another piece of bad property advice that you're likely to hear a lot, and it's don't tell the agent anything. You know, (laughs) we know it sounds sensible, but it can cause a lot of problems. But before we get into that, Megan behind her in the video has a special house. What the hell is that?
0: (laughs) Well I'm bowling on, Veronica, you introduced me to the ONG section of Airbnb, and I just am having an absolute ball. This is a UFO that you can stay in in the UK. I don't need to, but for many people I'm sure it would be a blast. Um bah, boom boom. It's <laughs> a oh, dad boom, joke.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, there's not much I can say about that, but if you're watching the video, we always encourage I'll you be to buy it as first time. A Little sneak peek on YouTube. Check the, check it out and um let us know if you think you'd like to stay in something that looks like that with tiny little. Or oh,
0: send me your unusual cool home and we'll pop it in the background even better
1: yeah we should could have a
0: competition uh,
1: anyway I let's like think that. about yeah, that there yeah, we go good. yeah uh, think about a competition got any ideas for competition send it through all righty <laughs> now we get why it sounds logical to keep your cards close to your chest and not tell the agent anything that that may you that they may use against you uh but you know how do you work out what you should and shouldn't tell them and this idea of not telling them anything we don't agree. So
0: let's work through that. We think it's advice that is probably given by well-meaning people who have seen the impact of that information being used in a negative way. So it's not that we're saying that you should tell the agent everything, but what has the agent got to work with if they've got no information from you? So budget is a huge one. If you've got a lender of say $750,000, you're going to tell the agent that because you think, well, someone's told you, they'll end up making you pay all of that just to buy any property. (laughs) It's
1: not necessarily true, Veronica. No, it isn't. And let's face it, good agents are pretty adept at getting intel from buyers anyway, right? Even if you don't tell them things, they've got a way of nutting it out, nutting out the stuff that's important to them. So if you think that just by not telling them your budget that you're somehow protecting yourself, well, you're not. And in reality, it's very important information you need to give them and we'll explain why in a minute. But the minute that you make an offer on a place and you get outbid by somebody else, they're going to have intel on your budget. And the minute another agent says to you, oh, have you liked any properties? Have you missed out on anything? And you tell them the property that you just missed out on, they're going to have intel on your budget as well. So it's amazing. It's easy for them to get that information from you. You may as well just cut to the chase and tell them what you can spend up to so that they can share appropriate new listings with you.
0: Yeah, I like that one, Veronica. So often what we do um, in our buyers agency business where we're talking around a person's budget because we're not going to say, you know, they've got X amount of dollars to spend. It's just not the right way to kind of put it. What we say is, well, they actually really like that house that sold in X Street and the agent will know what it sold for. And if that was available when they were ready to purchase, that is the type of property that they would buy. So, if something like that comes up again, please talk to us about it. Now, what that's doing is setting a broad range and some broad information about what the buyer is looking for to give them some guidance on what to talk to us about. So, we're not saying that they've got more to spend. We're not saying they've got less to spend. We're simply saying if that came up again and was available for the same sort of money, that's the sort of thing we're looking for. So it gives them something to anchor to without you being really precise about how much you've got to spend, because you want to hear, as you said, you want to hear about things they've got coming up before they hit the market, if possible. Yeah, I
1: mean, and and this is the thing that agents—they don't have much patience for buyers who try to play games with them either. They're like, oh, whatever. Like unless There's it's enough. An, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> enough it. Buyers unless it's a real buyer's market, which we know doesn't, they don't last very long. There's real buyer's market in this country and most buyers fail to take advantage of them anyway. So let's forget that for the most, most of the time agents have got, you know, a choice of buyers to deal with. And if you make it difficult for them, they're just going to just go, okay, fine. And you know, you can learn the hard way. And then when you work out what that you need to give me some information to have for me to help you, then, then, you know, I'll, I'll deal with you. But until then, I'm gonna go and deal with buyers who are a bit more forthcoming.
0: And that can be hard to work out. Like it is a really fine balancing act and and working out what works for you and how to deliver that information, it's a little bit of a skill and you can practice it and you can learn it. Um it's like script and dialogue. You know, real estate agents are adept at learning script and dialogue and how to handle objections about properties, how to answer the price question if it's an auction. Um, So they had their own script and dialogue and and, and we do teach you in the course how to learn to work out value and how to set your limit and how do you negotiate but you also have to develop a script on how to talk to an agent and still engage with them because a very big part of being a buyer is actually being able to engage in a positive and productive way with the agent because at the end of the day, they want to sell something, you want to buy something, you want to be the right person that they're talking to if that's the right property that you want to buy. So having a a little bit of a script and dialogue around that can be quite helpful.
1: Absolutely. Because, you know, they do, they've got scripts and dialogues and buyers don't, you know, and then the more that you're in the market, the more you sort of get to work out what's happening and also which agents will say different things. They don't all say the same things. But if you, you know, if you really want to play smoke and mirrors with an agent, um, you're more likely to lose out than they are. I think that's the thing, partly because they're better at it than you are because they do it day in, day out. Yeah, there's a lot of training that goes into that. They're the conduit between the buyer and the seller. Like you've got to go through the agent 99% of the time. So, and they'll just, as I mentioned earlier, they'll just deal with buyers who are easier to communicate with. But to be fair, there, you know, there are some areas where you do need to be careful what you say.
0: Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Now, by not revealing too much about your financial position, your preferences or your level of interest in a particular property you can actually maintain a stronger negotiating position in some circumstances. But if the agent knows you're deeply in love with a the property, they might actually use that knowledge to their advantage in the negotiation and that's their job. Yes. That's it- their job.
1: They've got their antenna going off waiting for the, the buyer is so desperately fallen in love with the property. So you've got to find a way to actually... Um, I guess, not communicate that sort of stuff. And this is the thing that often buyers do that totally unconsciously, right? They think that I'm not, I didn't tell them how much I had to pay, but the fact is that you're, you know, that you're at every open house, you're sitting in the lounge and glaring at other buyers, like you're doing these (laughs) sort of things, you know, like you're giving them heaps of signals. So you sort of got to be more careful around those types of signals than you do in the more overt things. (laughs) there's also information privacy and you've got to be careful there. You've got to protect your own financial information and personal circumstances because sometimes there might be a reason why um, you, a, a private reason why you need to buy soon. And you don't want them using that against you. I mean, obviously, being nine months pregnant is slightly obvious and a bit hard to hide. There's a time pressure there. Yeah. But, you know, that even that's a little arbitrary because, but I hate turning up to auctions and looking at, you know, people, couples where there's a nine month pregnant woman or an eight month pregnant woman. I really do hate that because there's an extra, extra, extra pressure. But, uh, There's
0: an emotional imperative there, isn't there? (laughs)
1: But there's other things that are not so obvious that you don't have to give away um, that might be leading you to really desperately want to buy in a particular location or a particular property. And they're the sorts of things that you don't have to disclose to the agent.
0: But you also don't, and I guess this is the advice that we want people to uh, be really cautious of, which is don't tell the agent anything you actually do want to create an emotional connection if you can, firstly with the agent and then for the agent to create that emotional connection potentially with the seller. This is particularly um, an important strategy in a private negotiation as opposed to an auction where really you're up against the other buyers. So there's not not a lot that an emotional connection can do. But, you know, certainly I've seen circumstances where there has been some sort of connection that's been made, whether it's an old school tie with you know, where, where people went to school, or whether it was, you know, it was a, a divorce sale, and there's a um, a divorcee wanting to buy. There can be sometimes some value in sharing a little bit of information that actually shows you as a person who wants to take their house and and turn it into another home and a family. So. It's not just about saying, don't give all the information to the agent. Sometimes there is value in sharing something that helps people see you as some someone different to the other buyers. It's a, yeah, it's all about
1: being strategic. And the thing too is that, that I've often come across buyers who then want to share everything, some big sob story, and it's like it doesn't relate to the vendor. I mean, the vendor, yeah. may they may sympathise with there. you, but he's not going to connect. So, so just because you've got a sob story doesn't mean that that's going to work in every situation. But if there is a connection, as Megan is saying, so it's being judicious with your sharing and being, as I said, strategic about it. So, you know, there's things to keep to yourself because they will be used against you. And there's other things that potentially could be an advantage. So being aware of that. I think, too, that... um You know, you've got to avoid pressure. Let's face it. So, any ammunition, I guess, that you're giving that agent where they are able to apply pressure to you or on you is something that you want to avoid. Right. And so, emotions, we all have them, you know, and a lot of people like to feel themselves that they don't have emotions when it comes to buying property, but we all do. And, you know, just by being a little bit, guarded a little bit you know treating your your emotions I guess with some respect (laughs) and you know you're less likely to have the agents work on those emotions to try to manipulate you or pressure you to make a decision so I think it's just important just to to treat your own emotions
0: with respect recognize that they're there just respect them and put them in a box sometimes as I (laughs) say to my children sometimes I don't mean emotionally pushing things down and, and closing the drawer, just in some circumstances you need to pop them in a box and deal with them at another time and an option is a classic case of where you need to put your emotions in a box and put your game face on and don't let anything, particularly if you have chosen to share something through the process. And and an agent's job and an auctioneer's job is to actually work to work the crowd to get the best price for the seller under those auction conditions. What you want to do is make sure that you're popping anything that might impact you and make you change your direction or increase your set um, limit. You want to put that aside and just say, that is not part of who I am today. This is who I am. I've got my limit. This is how I'm, this is my bid strategy. This is how I'm going to respond to things, everything else. Is just like a Teflon coat and it's going to come off me. Now, how hard is that to do when you don't do it every day, Veronica? You and I, we do this every week. That's a really hard skill to master because you want to be both, you know, uh, you, you don't want to put the owner offside during that process. Imagine if you're standing there like a robot and the owner goes, just, I don't want to sell all those people. Let's not <laughs> engage with them after the auction. <laughs> You've got to yeah. be careful about that. That's
1: yeah. It's funny though. Most owners don't watch auctions, though, do they? When they're inside, hiding, (laughs) peeking peeking through through a lace curtain. curtain. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So where where it can be a bad advice to avoid telling the agents anything, right, is where you're you're avoiding giving them um, clarity, right? If you as we mentioned earlier, if you do not communicate your needs and preferences clearly, the agent might show you properties that don't align with what you're after, and it will just waste your time and theirs. It's yeah, frustrating too. Uh, it's annoying, and you'll get the reputation of being a time waster, and then they'll stop giving you any information.
0: Yeah, and you don't want that. Don't close the lines of communication, particularly if you want to buy in a you know a little pocket, a, a, a specialized area, a suburb, or. particular pocket if you want to buy in those areas you'll probably find that you're coming across similar agents all the time they tend to have a patch that they work in so if you're really closed with all of the agents in the areas that you want to buy in and they don't see you as a genuine buyer because you're not giving them anything then you're kind of closing yourself off to all of those opportunities that might come up in that patch through those agents and it's only a new agent that comes in that goes oh well, you're a new buyer, and if you close those up again, you know you've, you've it's almost like shutting the doors to the opportunities that might be there.
1: Oh, and let me tell you, i've I've been a sales agent, and I know that that you get to know those buyers by name, the problem buyers. And everyone in the office knows who those problem buyers are. Oh, don't don't take them seriously, because you know I had them on this property and that property and they were total time waste blah, blah, blah. Or you know, and or they're just a nightmare to deal with. So you do start to get tarred with a brush and you do not want that, right? No, um, and you don't
0: want to miss potential deals. You don't want to miss the unicorn. You know. And we talk about the unicorn, it does exist for people, right? It's not we're not talking about that that the property that is completely unsticked. The one that is right for you in the right position at the right price with the right features. You want to make sure that you're across all of those things because if something comes onto the market or there's the seller who's really ready and willing to negotiate, you want to be the one that the agent thinks of.
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. So it's about being front of mind. And 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 that sort of leads to building trust, you know, so giving a little bit of information, enough to make their job easier in terms of them giving you the information you want. This is all about, you know, give and take, right? Um, you know, a good real estate agent will be an ally in your home buying process, right? So by establishing a relationship based on the appropriate amount of transparency, right, and trust, you might find that they're actually more willing to go the extra mile for you as well. And when it comes to that final negotiation where it's like, okay, if there are more than one buyer uh, or is more than one buyer interested in a property, there are some times, as Megan was saying before, that the agent actually pitches one buyer as a better buyer for the house. And amazingly enough, it does happen. Not Every time, and it's probably not even the majority of times um, in a private treaty negotiation, but enough times to be significant that the agent has some sway over who the vendor really feels positive about negotiating with,
0: right? So and this particularly is particularly something- if there's conditions, Veronica. If there's conditions on a contract and the agent knows something about you that you you've revealed to them through the process that will help the owner feel more sure about, you know, so for example, subject to finance approval. If there's a condition on a contract, um, let's say Queensland, and it's subject to finance approval, and you've told them, we have been to a broker, that broker has got formal pre-approval for us, we know that at this price, we can move forward confidently as long as the valuation stacks up. Now, that's a valuable piece of information for the agent to be able to share with the owner. If you've got two offers that are both subject to finance approval, but the other people haven't got finance approval or they haven't shared that information with the agent. (laughs) And that's the It's a massive differentiator, differentiator.
1: Exactly right. If they haven't shared the information, I can't tell you as buyer's agents, the amount of times that we do, we have got the inside running on a property purely because we know how to work with the agent and some other buyer has just annoyed them. It really got under their skin. And typically the sort of buyer that says, don't tell the agent anything, you know, you can't show your cards, keep them close to your chest and all that sort of stuff. That type of buyer typically is the one that agents hate. And it's not because they don't give information, it's
0: because they're difficult to deal with. Difficult to deal with, yeah. (laughs) It's just another business relations. You've got to remember that. The relationship with an agent is a business relationship, but the agent, uh, the relationship between the owner and their property, is a somewhat emotional one. So you're dealing with two really different emotional states. So, like, we're going very deep into property psychology here, um, which you and I absolutely love, and we do go into this in the course. Um, but it is about finding that right balance between that business relationship and that emotional connection. So, you know, I think you you're know, you're right. Um, Rather than strictly adhering to the diet till the age and anything, really think carefully about in each situation what what can you pull out of your toolkit to provide that will help your situation rather than hinder it.
1: 100%. So, I mean, you just have to exercise discretion and be strategic about what you disclose. It's really important you find a balance between being open about your needs and preferences, whilst also maintaining your negotiation leverage. And I think fundamentally, anything that lets them know that you have a particular urgency around timing, or if you're completely in love with the property, you know, it might disadvantage you way more than letting them know your limit for example. So it's about what you tell them, right? Um, Because they will use that knowledge to help you part with your money. So you just be judicious and just remember that they are not the enemy. Don't trust them 100%, but you just can't look at them as the total enemy. You'll never get anywhere.
0: In this episode, we've only touched on a tiny part of the huge amount of things you need to know to become an educated first home buyer. There is so much more for you to do. You can learn all of the steps in the right order and avoid all of the mistakes that others have made in our 10 step online course for first home buyers. If you'd like to learn more about the right process and avoid
1: making rookie errors, become an educated home buyer. Head over to the website, check out your first home buyer guide, the course that we have created for you. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And if you've liked what you've heard today, please give us an iTunes review. It helps other people find us. And of course, I know it's a bit cringy, but we're going to ask for five stars. Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining us. We hope you found this really useful. And if you have, please share the love with others who you know are in the same boat. We'll be back next week with more priceless stuff.